Greetings, Padawans, and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron is the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, episode 17 of the Archives Podcast. I'm your host, So Debo, joined by Off Meta Van Seal. Welcome to the podcast. And welcome to That's the archives. Never going away. No, and I think at this stage, it's a good fit. It's a really good yeah. fit. But this is the Archives Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about some of the more behind-the-scenes brilliant things about Star Wars. And just having a good time, having a laugh. We're going to be playing a few games. We have a this or that segment. We're going to do some in-house debates. And we're going to talk about a little bit of news. Then we're going to talk about some hot takes and end it off with what I feel like is a nice, fun little segment where we are going to come up with the official archives podcast canon. So we are going to choose which books, shows, movies become canon and which we are going to ostracize to legends to kick things off. Just to get the energy going, we're going to play a little bit of this or that. It's essentially like would you rather, but just with two options. Going to keep them in-house to Star Wars. So this or that, instead of... Natalie Portman. Instead of Natalie Portman, you get Kira Knightley as Padme. Oh, that's so... That, you know what's funny? That's, that's, almost, that's almost true. Yeah, because wasn't she like uh, one of the doubles or something? She was Queen Amidala, I think, for like a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Natalie Portman just killed that fucking role. I think she was Padme Amidala. Uh, I mean, yeah, but... But like, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Does Kira Knightley look more like Princess Leia than Padme does? Because that... Oh, that's a good one. That's a good point. I, I want to say Kira Knightley does look a little bit more Carrie Fisher-esque. Yeah. A little bit. Just a little bit. Like, nothing crazy, but I think there's more of a yeah. resemblance there. Whereas with Leia and Padme, it's... It's more it, of like the personality that transfers exactly, over. Not, exactly. Not yeah. I think, I mean, but he, Leia... Carrie Fisher looks a lot like Hayden Christensen. Yeah. So either way it works. Um, I think it's funny how the gene splicing worked with the Skywalkers because while they both got Anakin's power, so they got 100% of Anakin's power, 0% of Padme's power, they got 0% of Anakin's height and 100% of Padme's height. Because Luke is like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, mm -hmm. and Leia's then like 5'3", five, 5'4", five, so... It's all about those dominant recessive alleles, man. That's all it is. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have minded Kira Knightley, though, truthfully. I, I think it would have been cool, like... So I, I, the idea of having Padme having like her own secret service, I thought was always really cool and super interesting, especially if you look at the actresses that actually played them, because at the time you had Keira Knightley, there was one other, I forgot her name, 
Um, she's like the girl that she's like the girl from like Insidious. All those movies, I forget her name, but she was also one of them. I think she's the one that dies in um, the opening of Attack of the Clones. But I think it would have been cool if Padme had like one like assistant or like the one one like bodyguard that was like kind of with her throughout the trilogy. I know she had a um, Captain Eyepatch, Mr. Pirate. I forget his name. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Kira Knightley played Sabe. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, all the names end with A, too, or A, or something, I guess. It's like Padme, Sabe, Corday. Um, yep, Corday. Um, I think it would have been cool to see more of Kira Knightley, for sure. Apparently, there was a... <laughs> There's one that was named Horne. <laughs> w. We love that. Nice. Played by Jennifer... No, Jamila McMillan. So. All right. All right. Who wants to be Horne? Yeah. <laughs> Raise your hand. I do. Not the boys. Jeez. Pick me. Pick me. Please pick me. All right. Oh man. So have you got a this or that for a Star Wars? Because I've got another one that I think a banger. I think it's a banger. Uh, um. This or that. Um, trying to think. Okay, yeah. In, and this is something I brought up before in other episodes. But like, instead of okay, so Luke is, you know, um, facing the Emperor. He's on the ground being electrocuted. Um, would you rather see Palpatine get thrown down by Vader, or Palpatine and Vader actually fight? And it all like makes sense, more, like something more, something more epic, where you know there's more of a struggle instead of Vader just picking him up and throwing him. You got to consider though that Vader is missing an arm and he's kind of yeah. he's kind of beat up from Luke, so I don't know. I think it'd be Luke tight is, if Vader yeah. picked up because he lost his saber. If he picked up Luke's yeah. and used the Jedi's lightsaber again, I think yeah, especially with the theory that Luke's crystal is Qui Gon's, I think that would bring everything full circle. Like he's that he's using Qui Gon's yeah he's using Qui Gon's yeah. saber to end the Sith, truly making him the chosen one. That'd be pretty nuts. Kind of got goosebumps there talking about it, but I wasn't aware of that, of that theory of Luke's saber as Qui Gon's like he, crystal. That's crazy. Yeah, it originates from Obi Wan being just this big like nerd, and he Obi Wan did have Qui Gon's lightsaber. There's, right. yep. There's that statue of him. Yeah, with, he picks it up and keeps it with him. Yeah. Yeah, and he has Anakin's. Um, he originally had, um, what was it? He originally had one of Yoda's lightsabers, but that comic got uh, retconned. Yeah, but Luke ends up getting Yoda's lightsaber somehow. They don't yeah. explain that yet, do they? No, I'm I'm guessing it's just from his little hut when he passes away because another little tidbit, Yoda f fell into the Force and he was like wrapped up in Qui Gon's robe. That's what he used as a as a blanket. But yeah, the theory was that Obi Wan had 
Qui-Gon's crystal in his little box. And within that was like the journal, which I have over here, actually. I actually found this. So this journal is called the Jedi Path. And essentially, it's been passed from Yoda to Yoda's apprentices, uh, Thames Cerulean, who passed it to Dooku, who passed it to Qui-Gon, who passed it to Obi-Wan, who passed it to Anakin, who gave it to Ahsoka. It was then, oh, wow. yeah, it was then stolen from the Jedi Temple by Sidious and then reclaimed by Luke. And each of the pages has like annotations and stuff from each of the Jedi. And interesting. Yeah. In this, like, this journal was in, or a, a section of it was copied in Obi Wan's little box. And that was how to create a lightsaber, which is why Luke's lightsaber looks so much like Obi-Wan's because he literally just went by his schematics mm -hmm. and he used Qui-Gon's crystal to be the crystal because I think it spoke to him because of how much that Qui-Gon loved Anakin, that he wanted his crystal to then speak to Luke. So pretty cool little theory, pretty cool little yeah. theory. Um, but yeah, to, to wrap up and answer your question, I think if Anakin used that lightsaber to end the Sith, it would have saved us from some sequels that we aren't a fan of the wrap up and it would have just been beautiful. I think if you tell the story one to six, that's a very possible outcome, but because it was four, five, six, we didn't know about Qui-Gon yet. Um... It's a little bit different. Yep. So similar this or that. Just got a message from MJ as well. He might be popping in here shortly. Uh, similar this or that. As far as the originals go. Would you rather have had Luke display like some force stuff prior to meeting obi-wan or have him not force sensitive at all until he meets I like i'd like him not being force sensitive at all um just because i feel like i, I feel like if he were to like display any hint of being force sensitive like someone would have said something by then i mean i know tattooing's yeah. kind of like the you know the ass end of the galaxy but like i feel like somebody would have said something by by then and it would have may or may not have jeopardized or put a lot of pressure on uh you know owen and baru mm -hmm. um but i think if he was i mean something subtle something where like maybe like you know <clears throat> something where like he can move stuff with his mind but he only does it you know when no one's looking and he just assumes that everybody can do this he doesn't realize he's special mm -hmm. um so but i i think i think i think i'm gonna go with the uh you know no no uh no signs of force sensitivity that's that's fair and that's kind of a dilemma that i'm facing right now as i write my book because i'm writing about a 10 year old on tatooine who 
is he's he's basically a day away from finding out and figuring out these powers that he has and i i'm writing it so that his father was one of the people in the crowd during kenobi that witnessed a jedi get strung up and murdered you know so mm -hmm. the defense in my book is that he doesn't want his son to even know that like he's capable of doing these things and he doesn't want anyone to know because just out of fear of what could happen to him because the last jedi that he saw got put up on display for the whole town to see out of fear you know um yeah so i think owen and baru probably felt the same same way as well where they were trying to just repress it as much as they could because owen was there he saw the guy Owen just doesn't want anything to do with that Anakin too and no, because he knows like like, like obi-wan the jedi they all messed up like he's he's probably like how the hell did you let this happen like he's probably somebody you know he's like he supported the republic things were good but now he's like how did you guys let this happen yeah now our lives suck because of you like i don't want any more of your bs kind of a thing yeah he's kind of like that guy who was working yeah he's just he's just a blue collar guy who's working just wants to collect his paycheck pay, pay his yep. bills and now life sucks because the people he trusted messed up yep and it, it probably i've never been able to like get over the fact that bale and his wife accepted leia as their daughter but luke was always their nephew you know they never adopted him they were just simply like taking care well, of well it was i think it's because they they wanted to keep him separated just because they're like if one gets discovered at least we have the other yeah you know so i mean one of them's super rich the other one's super poor i mean you got to keep them as far away from each other as possible yeah for sure life, life lifestyles included i think Mm-hmm. i wonder how things would have turned out though if obi-wan just raised the kid um what up mj how you doing buddy if, i don't know i think i think uh i think obi-wan would have screwed up at, at some point yeah i think he would have screwed up i think i think he's i think at this point obi-wan knows like like they were all wrong about a lot of things and mm -hmm. obi-wan's just trying obi-wan's like in like salvage mode at this point um i think i think obi-wan would have screwed up because I think he would have gotten too personal. Um, like, obviously, he's let his guard down so many times after episode three. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think he all he can do is be a guide, and that's that's the role he accepted, and he knows that's all he can be. Yeah. And he just, he didn't have any other outlets either. It's not like Satine was still around. It's not like right. he knew where Ahsoka was. Like he was literally on his own. So it probably was for the best that he didn't then have a responsibility that he had to take care of. Yeah. But his responsibility was just being that uh, overseeing protector of the kid, which, like you said, it works out very well. It works out very well. Hello. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Good. Uh, we're just doing a little bit of this or that right now, um, which is basically like a would you rather 
but in-house for Star Wars. So right now we're debating whether or not you'd want Luke to have been showing like force sensitivity before Obi-Wan started teaching him stuff. I think it was played right. I do too. I do too. I think if he did, like Van Seal said, if he did something just little, something subtle that he may have thought everyone could do, um, that would have been one thing. But if, in, in the m most part, I think they did it well. My only thing is he was like, what, 18, 19? 17 in any hope. I think that might be a little bit late to start quote unquote showing. So I'm, I'm at, I'm on the train that Luke had shown something and I knew like, I feel like, like, <laughs> I feel like Luke would have been so, would have been so oblivious. Like, I feel like he would have done something and like, not even realize he did something like, I don't know. Like he has, like, oh. yeah. What? He has the focus parts where he's a great pilot, best bush pilot in the outer rim. Yeah. He can bullseye a womp rat from 300 meters away. Um, all of which, like, not everyone's doing. Not even what's her nut, master assassin. What's her name? Sam Fennec Aura. Uh, Fennec Shand not even her okay. because she misses like every other shot that she takes um, and she's meant to be this master assassin but I find it very hard to not think that he wasn't doing something like even the little kid in The Last Jedi was just using the force to grab his broom so surely Luke had something like that Along the lines of what you were saying, where it was very subtle. That kid was using magnets. He wasn't using the force. Surely he was using them. the force. There was a string on that broom. <laughs> Do you guys think... I guess this is kind of moving on from the this or that and just getting into just some talking. Do you think that kid will pop up in this Ray movie? Hell no, man. You don't think no. so? No, I don't think anyone's going to pop up in this Ray movie other than Ray maybe finn to say hello and poe to say what's up to give a high five to finn and that's it and then bb8 of course that's yeah. it Not i even... don't see anyone else i don't even see anyone else returning i don't uh, i don't see john boyega coming back at all no he'll be back for i like, think he is like a brief hello well he's 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 booked to be a jedi i mean he was kind of fed up with the sequels yeah, He'll be there for a little bit. It, it wasn't too long ago though that he said, I'll pull up his quote, but he said he's open to returning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he opened up and he said that he's down to return to the universe. So in a lot of media too, they they're starting to make Finn a uh, Jedi apprentice too. So there's there's that going for him. I don't think though that he'll be a pro like prominent character in this movie. No. I don't think if he'll anything, be like a number if two. Anything, 
like thinking way down the line. I mean, this is way down the line, especially for Disney, the state they're in right now. I mean, like, if anything, this movie's just gonna be a a hub mm-hmm. for other Disney Plus possible series. Like, Finn might get his own series after this, or Poe might get another, his own show after this. Like, this is... I feel like the Ray movie, because it, it's so weird. We've never had a Star Wars movie that is a sequel, like, episode 10, but it's a one-off. We've never had that. So to me, like, I feel like this is just this is just going to be one movie to be like, OK, let's make more money and get more. Let's double down on the sequel trilogy. And then it's going to open up the doors to, hey, where Finn's going to get a new show and we're going to see what he does post episode 10 and Poe's going to be there with him or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She said recently, I'm just pulling up a article from Deadline and it's based on an interview with Collider. Uh, she says that the next film is not what she expected. And I think that might be Who's for she? Uh, Daisy Ridley. Okay. Um, Ray Krennic, as we know her now. Ray Krennic, I love it. Um, she said that, quote, I know the storyline for one film. That's not to say that's all it is, but what I was told about it. And I imagine it will be the next film, I think. I mean, again, I don't know, post-strikes and everything, how quickly everything will start up again. But yes, so far, I know the story of one film, and I think people will be very excited. So, I'm not mad about that, because if it's not what she expected... Then I, it's good. like, just kidding. You're not actually a Skywalker after all. <laughs> Sucker. See, I'm not mad about her being a Skywalker. And I guess this could be the final this or that. Would you rather just Ray or Ray Skywalker? I like the original idea for Ray. Ray Solano. Ray Solano. Yeah. Haven't you? That's like the original script. Have you, have you seen that or no? Mm-mm. Yeah, her, her last name is like Solano. Like that's her original last name. So like, her parents were like strong supporters of the Republic. Uh, one of her parents was Force sensitive or something like that, but they didn't know they were Jedi. Like like her parents weren't like nobody, but they they it opened up the door to like figure out who her parents were. Gotcha. But like it, it was like yeah, you're not. You're not a Skywalker, you're not a Ben, you're not a Palpatine. Like, like, the, like the bloodline doesn't matter. It really doesn't. She's just her own character, and it, like it made her that much better. It's like, it's almost like um, it kind of reminded me of like Knights of the Republic. It's like okay. you have Darth Revan, and then you have Mitra Sirk. It's mm-hmm. like Mitra Sirk is a badass character because she's her own thing. If they made her like Revan's daughter, it's like okay, well that's just a little like on the nose. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, and that's just kind of like, eh, well. You know, you got so much plot armor because you're just the daughter of the main guy. Yeah. Um. Like, if she was just Ray, Ray Solano, I think her character would be ten times better. Like, just, like, you're your own thing. You're not related to anybody. You're just your own thing trying to figure everything out. And it's like, that's kind of cool. That is that is literally how you pass the torch along to a new generation, to a new cast. It's like, to a new character. Not to, like, your relative over and over and over. Because then all of a sudden these Star Wars films just feel like tunnel vision that we're focusing on the same family. It's like, there's more to the Star Wars universe than the Skywalker bloodline. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the tip of the iceberg. 
And with that, like something that you said there, um, how it would just make her her own character and stuff. Do you yeah. think that Ray would be more accepted for something as little as her maybe using a like her own iconic ship? Because I think that there were a lot yeah, of... Yeah, like, that's, that's something I'm like, wh why doesn't she have her own thing at this point? Like, I, I understand the Fal the Falcon has to show up, right? I get that. The Falcon has to be around. The Luke's X-Wing, I don't know how that thing had gas. I don't know how that thing was running after it's been sitting underwater for, like, who knows how long. Um, But, yeah, Rey not having her own ship is, like, super weird. Like, I feel like we're in the future now. Like, we're 30 years after the original trilogy. Like, you have to have newer ships. I mean, what, in the, uh, in the first episode of Ahsoka, they show off the V-Wing. Yep which is the superior version of the X-Wing by far. Um, didn't see a single V-Wing in the Resistance at all. It was just X-Wings and A-Wings again and a couple of U-Wings. So again, Disney just recycling stuff over and over because they, for whatever reason, they can't create things anymore. Yeah. But in I universe, know. I get yeah. that part though, because X-Wings were like the cheapest ship that you could get your hands sure, on. Sure, So in the but, universe, I get it, but I know exactly what you mean. But we have the New Republic, and it's like... Anyways, um... Uh... I, I don't know. Yeah, why Ray doesn't have her own specialized ship? Don't know. I really don't know. It's, it, that, that's a really... I never really thought about that, but I really feel like... As skilled as she is, she should be able to fly whatever she wants, not just the Falcon or Luke's X-Wing. It's just like, like, get your own ship and become your own person and they literally say that to her in the movie they're like mm -hmm. don't be afraid to be your own person don't be afraid to be who you are but it's like who who she is is she wants to be everybody else the best parts of everyone else yeah and uh, psychologically you can kind of understand why because she was dumped when she was what all of six years old on a planet by herself so i get that she has like severe abandonment plus attachment issues but I think if you give her her own ship, um, simply rewriting The Last Jedi so Luke, A, is more of an approachable teacher rather than a hermit, and if she builds her yellow lightsaber, then... Early, early, yeah, like the beginning of the film, yeah. Yeah, like just after her teachings with Luke, like, alright, this is your final step to become a Jedi. Um, I had to do this. Every Jedi before you has had to do it. If she did that, and the first time we see it ignite is against Kylo, then I think she might be more revered. Yeah, or even even do a Mando season two. Like, get have her build her own ship out of like Luke's X-wing. Like, don't just take his X-wing. Like, like build something out of spare parts from him, or mm -hmm. hell, even take spare parts from the Falcon. It's like. I, would, I think that'd be kind of cool to see, like, a ship that uses different parts from your different teachers and masters. It's like, yeah, not 100%. only are they giving you knowledge to build yourself, but they're giving you parts to build your ship. And it's like, no, she just takes everyone else's ship anyways. Because I do like her lightsaber design. I think it's cool. I do I do think it's unique. Yeah, different. her saber's it, sick. It definitely, it definitely reminds me of her because it's literally her staff. And that's, big, that's kind of what her character is, too. Bolt. 
yeah it's she's a scrapper so yeah she reuses everything that she can and that's why i don't mind her using other people's stuff because it does keep you tethered to at her core she's a scavenger but it would be nice at a certain point when she does become this jedi master that she is rocking around with her own ship just to yeah at that point she's more independent like she's just yeah. she's just a scavenger to survive like once she starts learning how to train with luke like you're not like working for your next meal you're like working to save the galaxy there's a big difference mm -hmm. so i hope higher calling at that point i hope she's got a sick ship because they even gave ahsoka a brand new ship with who yang yeah yeah well i mean not a new ship but like a newer ship for live action yeah, yeah. like yeah and they was like all right this is a uh, this is now going to be associated with ahsoka and yep if they do something like that with Rey, they don't need to give her something brand new. They don't need to bring out like a a double X wing or a triple X wing. Like so so one thing one thing I, I wish they would have done live action is like I don't like how overused the Millennium Falcon is. Because when I think of the Millennium Falcon, I think of Han and Chewie. Just yeah. Han and Chewie, that's it. Um they tried bringing a new Millennium Falcon in Clone Wars. I don't know if you remember the Twilight. It was like an ugly box looking ship with like weird wings. They got rid of it like in season one or two. Like the I Twilight don't remember it, but, it. but that, I'm, I'm doing a rewatch, no, so I'll look out for it. Nobody remembers it because it was an ugly design and it failed. But that was supposed to be the Millennium Falcon for Clone Wars. It was like you always had Anakin flying it. Ahsoka was in there. R2, Obi-Wan. It was like it was their Falcon. Okay. Um. And like I said, it just didn't work out. It was a horrible design. It was really dumb. Um, they got rid of it in season two, and then and then Obi Wan uses it to visit Mandalore to rescue Satine, and then Maul blows it up in season four. Anyways, okay. um, my point I was trying to make is I, I wish they would have gotten a new Falcon because mm -hmm. in Knights of the Republic you have the Ebon Hawk. Yep. And the Ebon Hawk is there's a lot of similarities to the Falcon, but the Ebon Hawk is its own ship. Yep. I mean, it's kind of like the same layout, but it's a different make, different model, different design, but it serves the same purpose. It is the hub for all your crew members. They have all their different cabins, um, kind of like the Ghost. The Ghost is the Rebels version of the Falcon. Mm -hmm. um, so I really wish, <laughs> I wish we got that in the uh, episode seven, eight, nine. Is I wish we got a new Falcon. Yeah. I think having the Falcon episode seven with Han Solo is appropriate because we're seeing him return. Sure, have that ship return, but. I, I would have liked if our new crew got their own mobile home. You know what I mean? Like their own version. Yeah, hundred percent. Because in Star Wars, every it's everyone has their own iconic ship. Yeah, everyone, everyone has like their iconic ship or their mobile ship slash home that they all you know reside in. Yeah, like Anakin is a yellow ship. You know, he he paints his Jedi starfighter yellow because his attachment to his Naboo Starfighter, Naboo Starfighter Obi-Wan always had red because he was a redhead. Um, Yoda's Starfighter was green. Boba Fett and Jango Fett had the Slave One. Um, Han has the Millennium Falcon. Luke has his X-Wing that he doesn't let anyone else fly no matter what. And the one thing you notice too is a lot of these ships that you're naming, they kind of like well maybe the exception of anakin um but a lot of these ships like the color schemes match the color scheme of the character 
Yeah. And you know that's not that's not a coincidence. That's done on purpose. Like when you see these ships flying, you're supposed to you know cor um, correlate the colors of their costume with the ship, and you know who who's in there. Mm -hmm. And that's so, like I mean, with Han. Han's a sloppy, sluggish guy. So is his ship. His ship's yeah. falling apart, and so is he. You know, so it echoes him as well. And then, like you said, when you come to the sequels, um, Poe has, he, like, Poe has this with his X-Wing. It's Yeah, Poe po has his with X-Wing. Tally's A-Wing looks yeah. like her, even though she's in it for about five minutes before she gets blown up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, like there's there are a couple, right? Like, there are a couple. And unfortunately, it's just, I feel like they didn't really spend a whole lot of time on the, uh, that aspect of it. I don't know. I mean... No, it's just weird because even like Kylo's interceptor slash whisperer. It just looks like an interceptor with a red paint job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, like, like that's the one thing that blew me away was how like, you know, and I've said this before in a couple episodes, uh, previous episodes where like when I was growing up watching the prequels when they were coming out, the one thing I was always excited about when like episode two came out, episode three came out was I was always wondering what's the new ATAT going to look like? What's the mm -hmm. new Stormtrooper going to look like? Like, or like our Stormtrooper equivalent, which is the battle right? So, so what, you know what I mean? Like, because they kept, they have Snowtroopers of this, Snowtroopers of that. It's like, what's the new next version? So when the Force Awakens came out, I was like, oh, cool. The new Stormtroopers look sick. Oh, the new Stormtroopers look crazy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, like the different iteration, the next generation of design. The TIE Fighters look like TIE Fighters. The yeah. X-Wings look like X-Wings. The X-Wings look a little bit more sleek, I'll give it that, but, like, in terms of innovation, like, they don't change a whole lot when it comes to the ships. Which no. is kind of, a uh, kind of depressing. The same thing with the, the, the blasters, too. I was like, I was like, dude, the, the Stormtrooper's new blaster looks like something that came out of, like, an Apple store. Mm. Like, looks like something from the mind of Steve Jobs. I'm like, it's too clean. Yeah, and that's how... I did appreciate the evolution of from where they started to where they then went back to and then jumped into the future with just appearances and stuff of how slick some things looked, but they did look like an Apple store for for certain. But like I said, like even the TIE Fighters, like the TIE Fighters just looked tight. Like it, we had to wait till the very end of episode nine to get a unique looking TIE fighter, which is yeah. the TIE dagger. And all they did on that ship was make the, sh the wings triangles. Mm -hmm. Which, it's something, but, you know, I, I, you know, going from the vulture droid to a TIE fighter, it's like completely different designs and, op you know, operating systems. But then, then going from TIE fighter to TIE fighter, it's just kind of like, it's a little, little lackluster. What were the uh, Republic little evolution into the tie fighter things called so the, the republic had a ton of stuff they had um they had the arc 170s yeah those ships were amazing i love those ships i think they were super super cool um the republic uh they had the y-wings which just ended up being republic uh, rebel y-wings um they had the v-wing the v-wing was the or uh, i think it was the v-wing or the v-fighter but that's the one that ended up being the tie fighter um right they also had a ship, I forget what it's called, but it, it was a really weird ship. It had it had, a, it had three wings, and one of them was on the top, and it dropped down on the bottom. I forget what it was called, but they had that as well. 
Um, and then they had they also had a, a a smaller version of the Arc 170. I forget what the one was called as well, but it was like a solo pilot because the Arc 170 had three crew members, mm -hmm. and then they had a smaller one that just required one. But they had a lot of a lot of great stuff. Like like I said, the prequels like it was just like they thought of everything in terms of like different uh, different ships. Yeah. So with all that, it's just nuts that they're pedestal character i'm not going to call her the main character because i i'm firm that it was kylo but ray it's weird that they never gave her her own iconic ship because every iconic character has her own ship they have something that's theirs yeah it doesn't have to be iconic it could just, she could have had her own x-wing and had a different paint job on it and that would have been that would have been good enough in my opinion yeah would have been tight that would have been fine like poe has his you know black and orange she has her like I don't know, like beige and brown or something, or beige and blue. I don't know, something mm -hmm. like something to match her aesthetics or all white. Make an X-wing all white. So it's Ray. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That actually would have been cool. That would have been sick. So all white X-wing fire. Poe po was completely black with orange stripes. Yeah. And hers is completely white with orange stripes. That would have been pretty cool. That would have been dope. And the orange is because you know BB-8s and one or the other exactly but. exactly and bba would have looked gas in that as well yeah or maybe r2 you know r2 is kind of like sure her droid moving forward as well as far as uh her astromech goes even with that like that's that in and of itself a legacy of like passing down the torch it went from anakin to luke now to ray like even r2d2 has been uh, passed down so it's cool to see it is cool to see because you I, I i'm really big into like family legacies and stuff and she obviously is like the heir to the skywalker name right now um so usurper. <laughs> she's the usurper of the skywalker name yeah. but it's cool to see things like family heirlooms become prevalent. Um, sure. It it wasn't as cool with the lightsaber. I would have rather Anakin's lightsaber have not been a part of it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It's it, it when it when it's a father and son thing. That's different. That's mm -hmm. totally different. But a total stranger, like, yeah, that's just that's kind of weird. Yeah. Hear me out. Would it have been cooler if the lightsaber that Maz had was Kenobi's over Luke's? I don't think it would have mattered. Um, I think, I think the whole reason they included it was just, just for nostalgia. Um, so I think, I think it would have been cool if, like, they used it, right? If I was writing the script, I would have said, okay, in the Kylo the battle of Kylo, Kylo destroys it or breaks it. Mm-hmm. Or she returns it to Luke, and that's the last we see of it. Like, like it, like, like I, I wish whosoever saver it was, you know, whether it's Kenobi's or you know, the, uh, Anakin's. I wish it was just a cameo appearance for the weapon. Yeah, like, this is a weapon, and it's going to be used one last time, or we're going to see it one more time on screen in action with, in the hands of a stranger. Like they don't know what they're holding, but the viewer does. But it's just like a cameo. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they just 
you know, they just were like, oh, it's yours now. It's like, that's weird. All right. Yeah, the reason why I think it'd be better if it was Kenobi is just to make sense of it. Is because Kenobi's saber was picked up by Vader, then taken to his castle in Mustafar. Which, you know, could have been scavenged after he was uh, perished. But with Luke's saber, it, his hand gets cut off on Bespin. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's... I haven't even looked into how it gets found. I just... There's, I don't know. There's two theories, and one of which was supposed to be the opening to um, The Force Awakens. Or it was supposed to be like the end screen for The Force Awakens originally, which is where Luke's hand is floating through space, and then it enters the atmosphere on Takodana. The hand burns up. But the lightsaber doesn't. The lightsaber plummets and falls. Holding on while it's going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Maz picks it up, and that's how it ends. That's how it's supposed to end. It was like supposed to be one of those like Marvel uh, post-credit scenes, but Star Wars doesn't do those, so it got cut and rewritten. The other one was an Ugnot got the saber, sold it. To somebody who then Maz bought it from. And Ugnot working on Bespin. So. I don't like either theory. I think it should have just been to the wayside. And. But Kenobi's makes sense. You know it could have been scavenged. Could have been found. But it also could have just been any random lightsaber. It could have just been a lightsaber. Yeah like, like I said they just included it because. Nostalgia. Yeah, it's, that's it. And how did Maz know it was Luke's? You know, I think Maz <laughs> is one of the Wills. Maz but... probably slept with Yoda, let's be honest. Probably. They snuck out right before Luke showed up. Been around a few years. You never know what they were doing with that lightsaber, getting jiggy with it, but... I Yeah, I mean... I think Ray just needs a little bit more better writing because i think there is a character there but they're not doing her justice by like you said giving her all these like hand-me-down stuff yeah she's just she she's literally like your adopted cousin that lives with you and she took your xbox your car (laughs) your 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 fridge um your dog (laughs) you know it's like how are you supposed to like this person? Oh, and by the way, she's better at you in everything, and she has your last name. It's just like... Yep. Like, who are you, and what are you doing in my house? Part of... <laughs> part of that's very true. Part of that's very true. We... I wonder what Ben thought about it. I wonder what Ben, like, thought about, like, damn, Luke's training you? He, he didn't even like me. He tried to kill me. He's training you? You're you're terrible. Uh, yeah, Ben 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 was probably even more pissed off. But I mean, for good reason, for good reason. How do you feel about the the whole uh, hand me down stuff, MJ? I definitely think Maz was uh, Yoda for sure every Saturday night. <laughs> them goggles uh, have a shade of green on them. You look clearly. 
She's seen things. I want to know what species that she is. I also, I do want to know what species Yoda is at this point. Like Yoda's a Yoda. With I know, but with like every, Mando's a Mando. With all the testing that's been done on Grogu, I want to know what species the fucker is. Like that would have been a nice little thing to learn from season one, from Brain Fry Boy. Like, oh, he's a. I'm kind of glad they did it because there's some things. There's some things that like, like not just in Star Wars, but I think there's certain things that just like can remain a mystery because they have no impact on the story. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's like it's it's been. Yoda, Yoda was a thing. What eighty? What is it? Eighty? Nineteen eighty is when uh, Empire Strikes Back came out. Eighty or eighty-one? Eighty-one. Anyways, eighty-one. Yoda has been a character, a world-known, like just world-class, super popular character. You know, and there's there's got to be a reason why they haven't given him a species in over forty years. And I think it's just because just just leave it like it like the fact that he is a mystery is what makes him so amazing. I think that's mm-hmm. what makes people like just in awe that he is the master because you don't know everything about him. I feel like if you just said like oh, let's just write that he's a a mutated turtle or a frog, it's like all of a sudden Yoda doesn't look as cool anymore. He's not as uh, interesting. He doesn't have this like mysterious guise to him anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think. Um, you know, if you're going to name him or give him some kind of backstory, they would have done it years ago. But, but we're 40 plus years in. There's no reason to give him anything because it's one, you're going to take away from the character and it's not going to you're going to take away from the character and you're not going to add anything to the Star Wars story. So I think when you're when you're going back to do little details like that, you have to ask yourself, is this necessary? I just looked up and it's literally just called Yoda species on Wikipedia and do you think because uh, his uh, this says that uh, the species in its origins is shrouded in mystery was rarely seen do you think him and Yaddle had a relationship no I don't I I think, I, think so. it's, I think it's too on the nose. I feel like they're going to come out and say that Grogu was the baby to them. I do too. I do too. Because... In season four, Amanda, possibly. The only... <sighs> because the only it, it would have I, to be very can, fucking rare. The only, the only way I can see that is if that's the only way the species survives. If like, if like we learn more about Yoda's species where it's like they only can mate with one other person their species and they can only have one kid or something like that to keep their species that rare then they're like okay that that's just part of their species that sent but we have so little information how how yoda even exists and even in the old republic we have even less information so it's just kind of like <laughs> but the fact that yeah we have yoda and yaddle it's like i'm like it's a little too on the nose or it's like oh you know one plus one equals three kind of a thing you know it's like well that's not that's bad math actually one plus one equals two but, um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think, uh, I don't know. I mean, sure, if, if, if we want to say that that's their kid, that's their kid. But it, it just, I don't know. I think it what's going to happen with Grogu 
since the Mandalorian now is just basically the Ice Age, but just for Star Wars, <laughs> I think... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I haven't heard that one. That's really good. I like that. I think that, like in Ice Age, when Manny thinks he's the last mammoth, um, yeah. but then he goes and he... He goes to this random part of Earth where there's just all mammoths. I yep. think they're going to take us to a, a planet where there's all just a bunch of Yodas. Las Vegas full of Yodas. <laughs> all a bunch of gambling addicts. <laughs> drunk bums. They're like, look at this guy. He's still a Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't figured it out yet. I, I just have a bad feeling we're going to get a planet of Yodas. And they're going to call him something goofy uh because you never know you never know i've always i've always thought that yoda somehow yoda has to be related to the martians from toy story <laughs> somehow you know the ones with the three yeah, eyes and the claw. Know, yeah yeah i'm like yoda's <laughs> got to be related to those guys somehow i'm more surprised that they never put like a little yoda thing in there in the claw machine that would have been funny yeah some really good advertisement too for uh, the upcoming Star Wars. Cause didn't when did Toy Story drop? Uh, ninety. Ninety five. So it would have been a bit. Never mind. Would have been a bit late. Yeah. But that I mean, there were Yoda toys back then though. Well, yeah, they were in the middle of re-releasing the, the original trilogy in the nineties, anyways. Uh huh. With. Mandalorian season four. This is something that I wanted to talk to MJ about and do a little predictions video, but I think it's probably better to do it here on the podcast since we have the bounty hunter fan off meta van seal with us. Mandalorian season four. This is not what you think is going to happen, but you want to happen. How would you go about handling Mandalorian season four? What storylines would you want? characters all of it for me personally i think you ha at this rate bring back cara dune um you have to figure out what's going on with they them and try and make mando more of a character because he's stagnating he's very much that stagnating sounds, that sounds a lot like episode nine where it's like salvage operation well that's convinced with like with season three that's kind of what we're at yeah so i mean and for the love of god get rid I of grogu agree. somehow i i agree yeah i feel like a lot of those things it's too late for i agree get Carolyn back just get her back for the sake of reintroducing her so you can put her in another show just yeah. put her in for like rangers of the new republic Give her, put her in for thing. one or two episodes and like that can be her intro to her own show or a different show um but in terms of like they them and all the, like those other characters like like i don't know i mean like i feel like everything i wanted out of the mando show happened in seasons one and season two there's not a thing in season three. I was like, I was so glad we got that. I was like, thank God they did that. Or thank God they went there. I was like, none of this. I mean, no. I do appreciate going back to Navarro. I think going back to Navarro, shaking your head. No, I'm, uh, 
I think going I like back to Navarro. Navarro. I liked seeing how it progressed like over how, the I, years. I like yeah, I like the progression of Navarro. How grief turns it from like this, like almost tattooing like esque place, and it's being run by the Empire to rebuilding it, and now it's like a really it looks like a really nice place. Like the fact that Navarro is not the same as Disney Star Wars at Disney is crazy. Like that blows my mind. Like if they would have modeled the Star Wars land after Navarro, it would have been a banger. But the fact like when you go there, I'm not gonna get into it, but it just anyways. Don't just go for it. Like That's great. what we're here for, man. Well it just yeah. it just it just doesn't look great. Like I've I've I live twenty minutes from Disney and I've been there like twice. Mm -hmm. And I, and both times I was there I was like I'm good after like 15 minutes. I'm like, there's there's nothing here. There's nobody there. Um, it doesn't even feel or look like Star Wars. Um, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they, you know, they're just doubling down on the sequel trilogy. And it's like, oh, it's some place from the sequel trilogy, and it, it has a role in Episode Nine somehow. And I'm like, okay. But um, now in terms of season four, I don't know. I I, I uh, oh okay. Here's something I would like to see. Okay. I would like to see a new Razor Crest. Yeah. Me. And I'm not saying get rid of the N1. I'm not saying get rid of the N1. I would like to see a ship like the Ghost for Mando. Yeah. Where he has the option to deploy the N1, How kind of how the Ghost has the option to deploy the Phantom. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be really cool. And Because it, I do miss the yeah, Razor yeah. Crest. I, think, I, I actually like the Razor Crest more than the N1. The N1's pretty... But I like the utility of the Razor Crest. It makes more sense because it's his home. It's where he sleeps, where he goes to the bathroom. The N1 is just a Uber. Yeah. Like, he has no home. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And that's how it was explained, too, with uh, the lady. Was, oh, you can use this for now until I find you another Razor Crest. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to get another sizable time jump, too like we did in season two to season three it's like a, a handful of years which was also nice to see like the evolution of navarro over the years you know yep um but as far as the razor crest goes i think he needs something that's not just the n1 because especially if he wants to get back to his bounty hunting you know because he's not going to be the marshal of navarro that like he can't do that yeah, I feel like anytime they give him a new job to do or title, he does it for one episode and then jumps back to something else. And it's just like, um, the one thing I would like to see is also, can we wrap up this whole Bo-Katan Mandalore crap? Like, just. Yeah, I was just about to ask, what's going to happen with all this Mandalorian stuff? Just give her the keys of the city, like, let her be queen and let's move on. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like. I know a lot of people really like Mandalorians and I get that, but. The show did not do them justice, in my opinion. I feel like Mandalorians are really, really dumb. Um, the I fact agree. that you can say, hey, Mando, and only <laughs> one of them turns around so blows my mind. Yeah. Someone say my name? Exactly. I'm with you on that. And I think that it's goofy ah that they're still calling him Mando and not yeah, Din. Yeah, and the other Mandalorians call him Mando. It's yeah. like... Hello, Mando. You're all Mandalorians. <laughs> They're all Mandalorians. And it's like that part from SpongeBob. I'm Mando, you're Mando, he, she, me, Mando. They, them, Mando. 
Man Mandobology? It's first grade, Spongebob. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. I think there's so much that they have to do. Because they just wasted so much time in season three. I think you could have finished. Three was their last Jedi. Like, yeah. It really was. For sure. Like, it... And I don't blame the writers either because they were given... This is a, a hot take, hot theory, but I think they were told, hey, you need to bring back Grogu. He's selling too much merchandise. Bring him back. I think they could have brought him back, but he didn't have to move Mando. Uh, that's what I said. You Why could, couldn't you could have done? You could have done like like episodes where it's like, okay, part of this episode is taking place with Luke and Yoda, and then we're gonna jump over to Mando. It's like you you can tell two stories at the same time. I mean, hello, you did that with Book of Boba. Yeah, you didn't do a good job at it, but you did anyways. <laughs> Even Book of Boba, it didn't make much sense, and I think that's just because they had to tell the Mando story as well. Which... Well, Book of Boba had a lot of other like major issues like like big red flags like the one that like what's the threat yeah there's no bad there's no bad there's guy no bad guy there's no threat you know we're we're, we're going after teenagers for stealing water yep like what's going on here what are we doing <laughs> and what was the other thing that i hated they kept doing like flashbacks to young boba and Django, but they never paid it off with anything like, what was that for? Nostalgia. I don't know, man. They just had some unused Camino clips that they wanted to throw in? No, no, it wasn't unused. They, they, Those were brand new clips that they, they filmed. All they did was they used, um, they used, like, CGI, um, for, what's his name? Oh, God, Logan. Daniel Logan? Name? Daniel Logan, thank you. They used CGI on a young Daniel Logan's face and put it on the on the reflection of the glass. Mm -hmm. But those were brand new scenes. They got a brand new actor to play young Boba. Don't know why they included him, but you know, nostalgia. They're doing a season two, so yeah. can't, can't wait to read that book. <laughs> no, I'd much rather have a journal of Django than a book of Boba. I'm not gonna lie. A journal of Django where he's doing some like un undercover separatist shit. That'd be gas. That'd be really cool. But would you rather have that or. I would. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Would you rather have a journal of Django or a book of Boba that tells Boba Fett stories? I think. You, uh, I think they do a journal of Django, but do the Boba Fett. I mean, I'm sorry, Boba Fett, but do the bounty hunter storyline from the video game. Mm -hmm. Tell the story of how Django met Dooku and how Django became Django Fett. You know, how, how did he become the donor for all clones? Because it is a really cool story that involves a lot of, get ready, bounty hunting. Yep. Crazy, huh? <laughs> With that, too, I think that they surely have to recast. Because Tem's just too old. I mean, he doesn't have to take his helmet off. No, that's true. But he... we already know what he looks like. I mean, and if he does take his helmet off, you can, you can, you can deep fake him. You can, you can. I mean, you don't have to, but 
I mean, we've seen his face enough where I feel like if you put it on, you're good. Yeah. And my my, my, my example for that is look at Mando season three. Never takes his helmet off. No. We know who he looks like. We know who Pedro Pascal is. Mm-hmm. You do a Django Fett story, don't take his helmet off. You don't need to. And Pedro's not taking his helmet off in season four. Nope. Because he's not there. No. Even if he was, though, apparently it's just too much for him to be under the helmet. Like, he has, like he has severe claustrophobia. Um, okay. <laughs> Hopefully no one told him about the uh, spandex he's going to be wearing playing Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just... I'm not pissed about it because I think... I don't care who's under the helmet. I don't care no. who the voice is. The the character is he's a Mando. He's the Mando. His he is Mando. And he's the guy. The more that they push Mando and take away from Din is I guess it's easier for the audience, but there's not much of a character going on with the Mandalorian either, which is why I'm no, not man. super resonating <laughs> and, with it. And and they, I think they wrote him that way on purpose. He's literally a vessel for people to travel and follow behind. Mm-hmm. Not the characters in the show, but like the viewers and the audience. Because like every time I was watching, I remember when I was watching Mando season one and two, I was like, I really don't care for this guy. Not interesting. He is pretty much a knockoff of Boba Fett. Um... But holy shit, all the characters he's visiting, all the set pieces, everything around him, I love. Him, I don't care, but I hope he keeps visiting other places because he's literally this vessel for me to, you know, expand and world build on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But he himself, yeah, no, he is super 2D, super two-dimensional. And you think that they did that on purpose? Yes. I think they did it on accident. And they just didn't have any other options because they cast Pedro. They figure out mid, like midway of shooting that he can't be under the suit. And they're like, all right, well, we, we have your stunt coordinators. There's a lot of miscommunication, I think, with Pedro and the start of season one, because there's a couple of interviews um, that are public where... Pedro actually discloses that he signed the contract, he signed for the show, and they're they're pitching it to him as if like, you know, hey, you're gonna be this character that's like Boba Fett. Like we're we're writing him like he's Boba Fett. And they kept saying Boba Fett to him, so he thought he was actually gonna be playing as Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um and then he's like, Oh, I'm not him? They're like, no, you're not, but you're like just like him. And mm-hmm. it's like, Well, what's the difference then? <laughs> it's like Good question. There's a plethora of difference with those two. There, Boba's a there is. cold-blooded there killer, is. whereas Mando's like, he'll kill you, but he really doesn't want to. But the way they had him, his body language, just like Boba. Yeah. You know, season one. Um, the way season talks, one of Mando's so fucking superior. It is, because it less is more. In my opinion, yeah. less is more when it comes to the Mandalorian. Season two, I I think season two is great because you introduce new characters that we can follow and you know, you know, care about. Um, but the Mandalorian himself, I think, does take a st- 
step down in season two. I like him much better in season one. Um, and then it should have just ended with season two. It really should have. It was a great close-up shot. Pedro Pascal's all sad, but he's also happy. He mission accomplished. Yoda's back with Luke. Mm-hmm. It should have ended there. It really should have. It was the, like, that you know, story you should have finished there. It was just... Yeah. Too popular. They couldn't come up with a, a different show. You know? To fill its roots. They couldn't have done a Book of Boba Fett. But instead, they had to intertwine them. Give us a season three that quite literally didn't need to happen. Because now, we're back in season one, episode three... Mando's got the kid and it's like his kid now what are we doing there's no bad guys who's his bad guy Thrawn Gideon's gonna come back <laughs> dude I'm telling you Gideon is literally team rocket he's, he's gonna come back and they're I gonna be not, blasting man. I'll they're be sad be they're, they literally wrote Gideon as a Saturday morning cartoon villain that, like, I mean, I'm surprised he doesn't do, like, a hearty har laugh while twirling his mustache. Like, that is how cartoony they wrote to that character. Pretty much. Pretty much. And that kind of, that kind of take takes us to our next segment, which is presented by Kim's Picks on X. Go follow him for any of your gambling needs he has vips available for a very generous price and is obviously always tweeting out some nice easy free plays that's kim's picks on x and this segment is called nuclear hot takes so we're gonna just fire off hot takes that we have for star wars and see where we agree or disagree do you want to start cool. off mj sequels aren't canon we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. But I would disagree. I would I disagree. disagree. What about you, Van Seal? Give I me, disagree as well. I me. disagree as well. The sequels are canon. Mm-hmm. Sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, later on, MJ, we're going to be coming up with our official archives podcast canon. So we're going to vote which books shows movies etc video games become canon and which we're gonna subjugate to legends so that's gonna be that's gonna be very fun um hot take that i have is that obi-wan kenobi is the blueprint model of what a jedi looks like that's a good one I'm trying to think whether i disagree or agree with that um Gosh, you can go either way because, like, I feel like a perfect Jedi is a terrible person. Like, a perfect Jedi is just a horrible, not really human being because they could be different species, but a human being, so to speak. Like, yeah. you're really bad socially. You're missing all these social cues. You're just not a very pleasant person to be around, but you're a perfect Jedi. And I think Obi-Wan is at heart a good person but he's not the perfect jedi because of that and i think i think that's one of the things like they talk about when you become a jedi is you have to literally give up and sacrifice anything and i just don't think that's possible i don't think it's possible to like be like a mace windu you know what i mean like mm. it's just like hey like everybody hates me but you know what i get straight a's 
So. I hate Mace Windu with a burning passion. He's my so, least favorite Jedi. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Obi Wan is not the perfect poster boy for like what I what the perfect Jedi is. That's fair. That's fair. For me, because he has, I would just say, without any kind of irony, the best balance of that humanity as well as the reliance to um the jedi order and like the jedi code and then towards the end when he's ben old ben i think that's when you see much more of the human over the code come into play i think it i, I think that's why more importantly because he's still like that that obi-wan character but just going about when the times change um and he was a it was a close race for number one for me a very close number two was kane and jarris as a perfect jedi because so i think he's just sick he does whatever he needs to do um and i i don't like republic jedis i should just preface that I don't like Republic Jedis. Um, I'm, I hate Yoda. I'm the biggest Yoda hater in the world, I feel like. But Kanan was just all about protecting and caring about the people that he loved, you know? And doing the best that he could to ensure that everyone got home safely, even if it means sacrificing himself at the end of the day. So Kanan was a close number two, but for me, it was just Obi-Wan. I gotta say, I put uh, Kanan above Obi. That's, he was, yeah, that's fair. He was a very close number two for me. They both gave up their lives, but honestly, Kanan's was more sacrificial, whereas old Ben was just old, and his sacrifice was pushing Luke further into, you know, Jedi. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um... Have you got a, a hot take, Van Seal? Oh, yeah. I just have to open my mouth. That's not hard. Um, <laughs> Anakin was not the chosen one. In your opinion, who was? Luke. You think Luke was the chosen one? Luke became the chosen one after Anakin forfeited his right to be the chosen one. It's a, it's a very fair theory. It's a very fair theory, but with with Anakin, then I feel like after Anakin fell, he no longer was considered or to be the chosen one, and that that right and privilege got passed down to Luke. That's a good way to put it. Even upon redemption, though, you think? Even upon redemption. Okay. I think I think especially in that redemption part, I think that was his opportunity to make right for some of the stuff he did but ultimately yeah. um you know it was his son that pushed him to that point mm -hmm. and his son would was literally willing to die to get him to that point so i think uh i don't think anakin was the chosen one i think he what was but okay. i do also think that it got passed down to luke 
because okay. Luke was able to stay within himself and I am a Jedi like my father before me and he was all about just bringing an end to the Sith so I'm with you on that I'm definitely with you on that I think with Anakin's redemption it does fulfill the prophecy of bringing balance to the force um, especially for the longest of times whereas Luke especially in certain media it seems like he's less worried about bringing balance to the force and more institutionalized in growing the force without having much like fear of oh there's there's darkness here there everywhere but there's always light you know i think luke was much more of an optimist than anakin was and for that reason i know it's a confusing reason but no i actually no that that makes sense i mean honestly like hearing you say that i think now i kind of wish luke would have opened up his own hogwarts and would have had like <clears throat> the sorting hat of who's a jedi and who's a sith and you're just like the principal of all of them and it's like well i don't have to worry about any dark side users because they're all in my school and i'm teaching yeah. them all so i can just discipline them all like <laughs> something like that yeah and luke he was he was fully aware that certain people had uh certain tendencies you know and this is canon Luke as well, not even Legends Luke, who would teach certain kids certain powers based on certain things that they felt and showed. But canon Luke had the ability to feel, you know, people's emotions and know what they were thinking, know what they were going through. And so he knew certain members of his students were like displaying fear. And he was able to overcome that and be a better teacher because of it. The only person that he couldn't get through to was his own nephew. And I think that's just because of the psychological connection with him and the whole family ordeal. I think there was too much of a bond to kind of see through because you only want your best for your family. And you're always going to look at your family with rose tinted glasses in that sense. But I, I think Luke, I think Ray, I think Anakin, I think they all have a fair shot at being the chosen one. All of them kind of hit the mark, pin the tail on the donkey, so to say. It's really up for interpretation. MJ, what do you think? Anakin, do you agree with Anakin was not the chosen one? I mean, that is a good one. Um... Or, like, I should say he forfeited his right, and then it became Luke. The other, the other um, point, too, was, like, when Obi-Wan defeats Maul, Maul asks, like, is it the Chosen One? And then Obi-Wan says he is, and it's like, well, they're clearly talking about Luke, because... Yeah, at, Obi-Wan was dead set that Luke was the Chosen One. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to say it is Luke. I think like Anakin next... started it, but yeah. unfortunately he said, you know, I'm going to get F's my last semester of Jedi school and say no to my scholarship and then <laughs> killed everybody. I think next week we should do like a mock trial. 
and we'll get someone else in here unbiased, an unbiased party. They'll be the judge. Um, and we'll just do like Anakin versus Luke, who who gets the claim of the chosen one. And that could really work into the archives canon. Who's the chosen one in our canon, you know? Right. So definitely tune in next week for that, folks. That'll be fun. Um, we'll decide off camera who's on whose side and who you guys bring in to help. But I think that another hot take. The sequels would have been much better if there was only one director slash writer doing all three. Oh, that's not even that's not a hot take, man. That's that's without a doubt. Um, you know, the the one thing is if you're going to be wrong, you know, I've, I've always gone by this saying. I mean, it's not right, but um, if you're ever going to be wrong about something, at least be consistent about it. Mm -hmm. And what that means is like, you know, you know, I have a writing background. So like when you're writing, if you're misspelling a certain word, the way you get by without people noticing is you misspell it the same way every time yeah because people will assume that is how you spell that word if you misspell it then you change it go back to misspelling it every <laughs> other sentence people are gonna be like what the hell does this guy do like what is this just spell especially um, I, right bro jesus <laughs> right exactly and i feel like that's exactly how the sequels were it was just like you're, you're changing you're changing things right in front of us and you're acting like we don't notice you know, if you were, if you had one director for all three, I don't care if they're good or bad. They would have been consistent at least, and I think that's that. I think that's the biggest issue is the fact that there is no consistency with the three films. Yeah, I mean one, oh. one movie, one episode. She's Emily. She's she her. Next one, she's Emery. She's they them. And they bounce back. I don't know. And for a TV show, it's different though. Like you know how they have different directors for Amanda. I think that's fine because. What it does is when you have a TV show and running series, you kind of have different flavors of ice cream that you can, you know, pick and choose from. But when it becomes a movie with something with a higher budget, something that's going to be remembered. I don't know what it is, but Star Wars movies are just, you know, people remember those more than the shows. I'm just yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. Because um, you're sitting there for two and a half hours absorbing that content. Um, and there's only like, what, three movies every 20 odd years? This exactly. So I, I definitely think going forward they gotta keep they gotta have the same crew on board. Um the same people. Um, you know, if they suck, that's unfortunate. But you know what? It's gonna be consistent because even even uh even movies that and not even just Star Wars, even movies that have like had the same directors on like a, like a sequel or whatever, like like Transformers is a good one. Not a fan. Not a fan of Transformers, right? You got Michael Bay on everything. You can tell when he has his fingerprints on a movie. You can tell, like, James Cameron's doing the Avatar movies. You know what I mean? Like, you have these same director, the same producer, the same, like, crew working on stuff. It's like, it feels like a sequel because it's the same people doing the same thing. When you have different people, different art styles, different directions. Mm -hmm. I guess it's cool because it's like you're getting a new take, but it's like... You know what happened to the old thing? What you know what I mean? Like it's a it's a high risk. I feel like it's a high risk, high reward way uh, to do a trilogy, and unfortunately, it just didn't pay off. So, I I I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. 
Um, with this upcoming uh, trilogy, I know he's getting old, but would you want to see a Ridley Scott Star Wars? Oof. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Oh my god. Yeah, and it could be a one-off. It could just be its own thing. Absolutely. Like... I think it could be, too. I think... As much as I did not like Andor, you could probably get a movie Andor style mm -hmm. with a little bit more action in it. You could. And you know where I'm going with this, too. Yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I, and we we sat down and watched Blade Runner. I watched the, the newest one. Yeah. yeah. I watched the original one as well. Oh, you did? Nice. How, how'd, you, how'd you like it? Character wise, man, I I think they were both superb. It, it's too tough to say which one was better, just because yeah, of it, how well. Ryan Gosling's different gravy. Yep. Ryan Gosling's different gravy. He's 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 so, such a good actor. Um, and I think Blade Runner was sick, and I think uh, Ridley Scott could do a job. And Star Wars for sure. He could easily do yeah. a job. And you know what's funny is I could totally see him doing a movie, a Star Wars movie. It's like it's just a one-off. You know, let's just say it's a yeah, one-off. Yeah, of course. And I can see it selling more than the sequel trilogy. Like I could see, I could see it being more popular than anything Disney's put out this far. What would it be though? Would it be like a a Luke Skywalker type Blade Runner show, Blade Runner movie. I think I think Ridley Scott was gonna direct it. I think you stay as far away from the Skywalkers as possible. I think you do your own thing. Yeah, I do too. I think I think he is a he is such a brilliant director that let give him as much freedom as he can have. Don't confide in him too. You need to include Ray. You need to have the Millennium Falcon in there. You need to have three they thems. Don't give him guidelines. Like just let him do what he does best because clearly he knows how to make movies. Mm -hmm. You know. And we saw that like you could see the differences, but also the similarities from 1982 to um, what was it, 2019, 2017, the past Blade Runner. Yeah. But you still feel within the same universe. Exactly. That is very star wars-esque you know where you still feel within universe but this stuff that's came out recently you kind of feel out of it and right. it'd be nice to have that kind of uh, coordinator that could keep you tight keep you very in universe because when i watch star wars shows i like to feel in universe if if something comes up that takes me out of it it kind of ha like hampers my enjoyment and that's what Mando season three did. I think there were too many high profile cameos, high profile castings that didn't need to be there. I think in yeah. season two, Bill Burr worked, but like that's hitting the, the ceiling of, of casting. Yeah. That's like, don't go higher than Bill Burr's popularity. Yeah. I love like star Wars has been built upon giving 
high profile names or high profile roles to low profile names and you know it's funny too it's, it's funny to bring up bill burr because i originally um did not like him showing up i was like are you serious bill burr i'm like i watch this dude like at two in the morning when he can't fall asleep and i you know trying to find something to listen to um but the one thing that turned me around on his character was actually bill burr himself because after season one of mando dropped every podcast or interview that he was on he was he was pimping out the show mm -hmm. and he was pimping out star wars like not just like the mando he was pimping out the writing the original trilogy he, and i'm like cool i actually appreciate and like that because it's an actor that's that I can tell he genuinely enjoys the show because he used to be a big Star Wars or sci-fi hater. He used to hate like all things nerd related, but he's like, he loves it now. Yep. And I'm like, okay, that was kind of <clears throat> cool. So that kind of turned me around on the Bill Burr character. But yeah, like I agree. Like don't bring any, you know, don't bring in like Michael B. Jordan as no. like a merchant or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's like no, don't bring in Michael Sarah. He's too big. <laughs> yeah. And but like you said. I think he did it justice. Like you didn't hear Jack Black saying, "Oh, I grew up with Star Wars, had a lightsaber toy when I was a kid." Everybody did. I don't you like and not only is he just too big of a name, he's also a clown. That's kind of who yeah. he is. That's what he is. I and, don't And you know what? If <laughs> it would have been funny like like there's certain ways to do like high profile cameos if they made him like a really fat mandalorian i think it would have <laughs> yeah. been hilarious yeah. like you know the, the big one that's just eating like the chicken leg out of like a cartoon you know like yeah. the big old drumstick that would have been hilarious i think that'd been funny but <laughs> the fact that they made him some like ex-imperial like okay first of all i don't buy that he was an imperial officer i mean the way he just acts is like yeah not menacing at all um no so there's way and then Lizzo just like she's just just there for reasons I don't know I don't know like I, I think like you it. can do cameos in Star Wars you just have to handle them as like like again, less is more yeah and another hot take I mean Mandalorian season four is probably the most important season that they have genuinely Why? because they they need a bounce back and not just a bounce back. It needs to be really fucking good. Because they're dedicating the next handful of years towards this Heir to the Empire movie. That's being culminated with Mandalorian. With Ahsoka. With Book of Boba Fett. All that's leading towards the Heir to the Empire movie. So if you put out another stale season. Like that. That is going to be two stale seasons. One good season. One great season. That's not a good tasting pie. That's yeah, not getting think, me excited think, for a movie that's supposed to be sick as fuck. I don't think... I, I'm going to have to disagree on that hot take. I don't think Mando Season 4 is important at all. I understand what you're saying, but I think... Um, going to your pie analogy, I think Ahsoka Season 2, believe it or not, Book of Boba Season 2, um, are going to be more important because... We've only had one season of both shows, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't like either season. But, you know, I haven't scarfed down three seasons of each show yet. <laughs> I'm going to give it a chance. I've only taken one bite out of these pies. You know what I mean? I'm like, maybe I just got the bad part. Maybe maybe the center is good. I'm almost done with my Mando pie, and you're telling me there's going to be another? I'm going to be like, hell no. I don't want that. Like, <laughs> I'll order something else. 
<laughs> That's but, um I think Ahsoka and Book of Boba, because Book of Boba, especially Book of Boba, because there was almost no, like, there was almost no story that was told there, right? It like, the whole show takes place dead. within a week. It was such a But I, I feel like, you know, it's funny, I think because it was such a dud, and Mando stole two whole episodes that were not as invested in Boba Fett yet. You know, I feel like Ahsoka got more screen time in her show than Boba did in his show. Yeah, that's the thing. I so, want Boba to be good. Like, I do too. I'm not saying you're calling it a dud because I, I'm not a hater. I I am a optimistic wanter of things to succeed, especially iconic characters that I've cared about since I was a little kid. Like yeah. I remember my little, when I was super little. Uh, me and my brother had this uh, cousin named Johnny, and this fucker was infatuated with stealing our Boba Fett Lego figurine. I was like, "Go kick rocks! You're not taking it, you little bastard, Boba Fett." Get out of here, Johnny. Genuinely, and Boba Fett is a original trilogy, like t- probably top five like, iconic he's character. One of the, he's one of the last ones. Yeah. Like, he literally is. He's one of the last ones. I don't see anything about Chewbacca. No. Like, I mean, 3PO showed up in Mand- uh, no, Mando, uh, Ahsoka Season 1. But my, the point I was trying to make is, like, Boba... Book of Boba sucked, right? It sucked. But I feel like Book of Boba hasn't gotten a fair shot yet. I feel like... And, and that's the show that you can easily turn around. I feel like you can you can easily whip a 180, fix Boba, Book of Boba Season 2, because you haven't really done a whole lot with the character. And that's kind of why the show sucked to begin with. Like, you didn't do much with him, but at the same time, that might be their biggest strength that, you know, the mm-hmm. the mold hasn't, you know, turned to clay yet. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's, or the other way, the clay hasn't turned to, to a mold. Um, so I think they can do that. But with Mando, it's like, dude, we're three seasons in. We haven't seen anything interesting from him. Like, what do we expect out of season four? You know what I mean? And Ahsoka. We already know where they're going with Ahsoka, so it's like, well, like, I don't know. So I, I have more faith in Ahsoka Season 2 than in Book of Boba Season 2 than Mando Season 4. Mando Season 4, I'm just going to be like, I don't even know if I'll watch it, to be honest. I really don't. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you guys when the episodes come out. I'm like, do I, should I waste my time? or On Ahsoka? No, for, for Mando Season 4. Oh, for Mando? Bro, yeah. I... I'll be like, does Nick does Nick Cannon show up in this one? Is uh Justin Bieber? I'll watch the premiere. I beyond yeah. the premiere, man. If it's a dud, it's a dud. I'm sorry, yeah. but it'll be a it'll be a really really tough thing for me to be able to stomach. It'll be a really tough thing to to stomach if it's bad. If it's bad, it's I don't know if I can do, it, man. Genuinely. I mean, I already stomached Mando season three, so I feel like, you know, the we, show to me, the show to me is dead. Like, I don't know, like season three should not have happened. No, it really shouldn't have. The character of Mando should still live on in other shows. Like, don't get me wrong. The character of Mando should still live on and show up and, you know, surprise guests. But th- him having a show like, like, you know, I, I hate to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but it's like, you know, Mando season one bounty hunting get the child protect the child whatever season two find the child's home discover what a jedi is Mm -hmm. you know fight the empire 
mission accomplished. Mando season three, what was the objective? Oh, that's right. Bathe in the waters. We did that in like episode one or two. Yep. After that, what's the point? What are we trying to do here? I... Something, something, something. Fight the Empire. Yeah. Like It was kind of just all over the place. There were beefs with the Mando sects. Um, then they needed to join together. It was all over the place, and it didn't need to be. And they... It's weird, man. It's weird. I don't know how they wrote that, how they got past, like... Like, I don't know, like, editors and stuff, but just... It's so weird. I've never seen a show where they're like, the thing we're gonna do, we're gonna do by the second episode, and the rest of the time, we don't know what we're doing. It's like, oh, that's super strange. Pretty much. Pretty almost, much. almost makes me think that, like, the script was either rushed, or... They weren't planning on certain things, and maybe they said Grogu's got to be in it more. I don't know. That's what I'm leaning towards. I think it's 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 probably to do with the Grogu shout. Then, because like, there's a lot of things that happened to him. I'm like, what, what was the what was the point? Like, he gets his own little chest plate. We never see. Which never came never into play. Use, never came into play. Just got it. And it's like okay. Um, because there was rumors and people are saying there was leaks that he was gonna get his own Mando armor. And I'm like, and I see this chest, but I'm like, okay, this is the beginning of his Mando armor again. And they're just like, oh, it's gonna be very samurai esque, it's gonna look cool. I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. Um, never happens. He oh. gets IG 12, whatever, 2.0, and then they just make him his own droid. It's like, okay, well, that's fine. I don't know, it just. It. I don't know. It was goofy. I have no words. It was goofy, yeah. Hot take, Mando, season. Yeah, that's my hot take. It, it needs to be It needs to be good. It needs to be great. It needs to recapture that Western feel of season one. We need to... By the end of episode one, we need to know why we're there, who we're there for, and why. We need to know the enemy. We need to know the objective. That, that needs to be established early. You want to take predictions on the first episode? I kind of want to do predictions for the whole, uh, for the whole series. You know, right, it starts so. off like this: they're petting the pet birds. <laughs> That's how they, ate, they cooked those birds. things, man. They <laughs> ate those. They cooked and ate those chickens. <laughs> I think um, what's her face comes back. Cara Dune comes back. I think. I don't think so. <laughs> She said no, didn't she? Didn't she say? Didn't Gina Carano say like even if they asked her to come back, she said she wouldn't. Man, when she sees that paycheck, you kidding me? No one's saying no to Star Wars. I'm sorry. It's it's 2020. It's about to be 2024. No one's saying no to a Star Wars paycheck. Um, I think Cara Dune's got to come back. Okay. I think Bo-Katan and Din need to make it official. Um. They kiss with their helmets on. Pretty much. Dink. Pretty much. Or you just see Mando come, <laughs> come out of a room with his helmet on and zipping up his pants. <laughs> no, just just his helmet. Yeah. <laughs> just, just his helmet. Back shot of just his butt cheeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> the camera's underneath his legs. You know, he oh just like God. just kicks open his front door. That's a great, great camera shot there. Um, so, so, the show's. I think season. I think season one's gonna start off on Navarro. 
Mm-hmm. And um, Navarro's going to be in distress because some random bullshit trade spice runners, pirates, has-beens are bullying people and Mando's nowhere to be found. And then the last second he shows up and saves the day. Typical superhero cartoon episode. Um, my cameo appearance, Snoke. I think, is going to be... Uh, I think my cameo appearance has got to be... Uh, ooh. I think Chris Rock is going to show up. <laughs> has he not been in Star Wars? I thought he was. <laughs> has he? No, genuinely, has he not been in Chris a Star Rock Wars? Chris Rock has not though? been in Star Wars yet, no. I think oh. I think the cameo is going to be Chris Rock and uh, Will Smith are going to be in a cameo together. <laughs> uh, Moff Gideon's going to come back with his mustache because the one without the mustache was a clone. Um, Damn. I... And um, we're not going to see a Mythosaur. No, of course not. And that's going to be season four in a nutshell. How much of the First Order gets mentioned in season Zero. four? Zero. Zero? Zero. Yeah. Dude, okay, so again, I'm trying I'm trying to, trying to be funny, but at the same time, like, I'm also trying to be just practical. So... Disney is doing Disney's tactic right now, in my opinion, is we're going to use the timeline between episode six and episode seven to tell the story of the sequel trilogy and make it make sense. Mm-hmm. They are running out of time to mention anything Resistance First Order related. Yeah, like, it feels like within because right now it's all about Thrawn, Nasoka, and Mando season four. These are the shows they're talking about. These are these are the shows they have to invest time into that are going to be coming out in the next couple of years, as well as who knows when the movie's going to come out. I'm I'm guessing 2027. Um, so here's the thing: they are running out of time in real life and in Star Wars time because the 10th anniversary for The Force Awakens is literally in two years. Yep. Crazy, right? Absolutely crazy. But we're like. Less, we're like what? Like, uh, th- The Force Awakens takes place 30 years after episode six, and we're already eight or nine years post episode six at this point. Yep, Heir to the Empire is going to probably take place what 11, 12 years, maybe. I'm gonna guess, or let's just say 10, let's just say 10 round number. Um, after episode six, so I'm like, it, unless they start, you know, a foundation for the new sequel trilogy. It's going to seem like the First Order sprung up out of the ground overnight. And that's going to make the sequels look even worse. Which is why I... I, They don't need to mention the fucker. I just want to see hippie Snoke walking around in the background. Even on Coruscant, because we've been there so many times. Just show him walking about. Because he, he was about. Snoke was all over the place. He was networking the entire time between 6 and 7... And that's how he was able to formulate the First Order. Like, and how many Imperial offcasts are there on Coruscant right now? Half the fucking planet, you know? Half the planet. Yep, I agree. So, it'd be But they're running out of time to, like, show this stuff. And it's like, they're running out of time, because now it's going to be like... like, I I think that's where the they-them storyline's going, is towards First Order build-up. Maybe. Because I don't I know mean, what else it has to do with... Like, what I, fuck does it have to do I with Gideon? Like, 
I don't know, man. Gideon is nothing. Gideon is just like the actor is bigger than the character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just like Gideon is like I said, just the it's literally Team Rocket man from Pokemon. Like it's just it's just there to be annoying and be in the way and he's a challenge for our heroes to improve themselves. It's like I don't know what else to say about Gideon. Um he doesn't really do much. Um but like I said, they're just running out of time to start, you know, connecting point A and point B. It's like we're we're in we're in route, but it's like I just don't see any connections yet. Even with the whole cloning thing, like when when they were like, you remember in season two when um they stormed Navarro and there was like a science facility and there's all those cloning bodies and everyone was like pointing fingers. Oh, you can hear Snoke's theme in the background. It's like ah, uh, well maybe it's up for debate. But it's like those were just Gideon's clones. Those weren't Snoke's clones. Those were Gideon's. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Operation Necromancer, it definitely sounds like it's pointing towards Palpatine, but at the same time, Operation Necromancer could have just been Gideon cloning his clones. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I mean, the closest connection we have to the sequel trilogy is literally, you hear the Resistance theme play on Coruscant with Dr. Doofy and they, them, when they're looking, they're, they're, they're LGBT, LG, like, whatever those popsicles that like The light LED up. light. Thank you, popsicles. LED. Thank you. That's what I'm gonna say. Sorry, I, I don't know what else I'll say. <laughs> LED popsicles. popsicles gay. That's crazy. The LED, the LED popsicles. Yes, you hear the resistance popsicles. theme. You hear the resistance theme in the background, and then you we meet Hux's dad. Yeah. Those are literally the only two connections that we have with the sequel trilogy. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't see anything else. I mean, there might be things that might be missing, but if if I miss them, then you know I didn't retain that. No, and I think I think you hit the nail. Like we're running out of time, so yeah, you got to start. I always said sprinkle it in, dust it in. Pretty soon they're gonna have to start getting a handful and dropping stuff in. Yeah, like you're gonna have to see some meteors coming down with some like knowledge bombs, just like, oh, the first order is here now. Yep. Like you gotta you gotta salt your soup nicely. Yeah, so that that's the hard part. You have to introduce the first order mm -hmm. and then you have to explain what the hell happens to the new republic. Yep. That's gonna be tough. I feel like they're laying the groundwork by displaying how, like, ignorant and full of themselves and how, just for lack of a better term, terrible that the New Republic government is and how they don't really care who's in charge because they'll do whatever the hell they want anyways. Um, there's no empire, so they can do what I they don't, want. I don't really like that. I don't like how they did that because it makes it sound like... It, it like I don't like how stupid the New Republic looks. Like, because it makes it feel like like, and I don't really, I never really was a, a, a rebel lover. I was always like, I love the Empire, but um, it, it, the fact that the New Republic is like that ignorant towards a lot of like real threats really undermines the weight of their victory in the original trilogy. Yep. It really felt like the, the rebels were like this organized group that wants to change the galaxy. They want to get rid of tyranny and they want to like, you know, save everybody. And then the New Republic is like you said, they're just kind of like, oh, who cares? We're getting paid. It's like, dude, that is not what I remember from the original trilogy about the rebels. Like, like, like 
I don't know. It feels like Hera. It's like, you know how she's always on trial and everyone's like, you know, picking on her. I'm like, Hera feels like how rebels should be. Like, they're they're following orders. They have protocol. They're breaking protocol, but for good reasons. Yep. Everyone else is just kind of like, they got to stick up their ass or they just don't give a shit. It's just like, I don't know. I don't like how the New Republic's being portrayed, especially with how new they are. It just shows that they don't have a future, which... I guess they don't because we don't know whatever happens to them. And another thing that I don't like about the New Republic is how politicians are trying to interject themselves into military standards. Where Hera, who is a general in the New Republic fleet, is saying, Thrawn's back. We're trying to stop him. Why is a politician saying you don't know what you're talking about well because that's what politicians do but yes your point yes it's dumb it's dumb it and that's part of it's part of the show it's not dumb in the sense of like writing it's dumb in universe that guy is a piece of shit i don't i yeah. don't appreciate him but yeah. Yeah, like, the only people I liked on there was literally, I was like, thank God Mon Mothma's the Chancellor, but at the same time, I'm like, Mon Mothma has never been the type to make people do anything or unify. No. She's always been a great mediator, and I think that's what she's good at, is mediating, but in terms of, like, inspiring people, no. She does not inspire people. Love her and Andor, though. Unreal. Yeah. She's so good. Um, does anyone else have any nuclear hot takes? I'm good with mine. Perfect. No, I'm doing Perfect. Well, I think it's time now that we move on to our final segment here. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, the official archives podcast, Canon. So when we speak about Canon moving forward, this will be the solidified Canon and... There's three of us, two-thirds majority rules. If you think something should be canon or legends, that's how we're going to rule. Um, so an easy way to start, episodes one through nine, I feel like are canon. Easy. You know, just putting our pillars in the, in the sand here so we can build upon it. I mean, unfortunately it is, but to me, like, the sequels are really dog shit writing. Like excruciatingly hot dog water uh from snoke's death that literally had me screaming in the theater like what is this bullshit like um wonder leia i'm sorry she was already dead in space and then like forced jesus like touched her soul and said survive uh and then i don't know what their trend is with people just like adopting people and giving them their name Bray skywalker didn't grow goo stop that it's the same thing with the lightsaber in the chest you gotta stop that. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I wanna say episode up until episode seven. I think yes. eight, anything after seven, no. Yeah, yes. But seven, I think, is such a great setup. It is, there's so much opportunity with seven. Um, because I mean, eight, eight this is kind of where everything just like just dies. Like mm -hmm. they, they, they screw up Luke's character. They kill Snoke a whole movie early. Um, just a million things go wrong in eight and the nine is just playing damage control and, and tico you've you've proven you know your point that like 
you think it's as good as it could have been. I agree, but I still think it's awful. It's just my opinion. I mean, you like it. That's your opinion, but I think seven. I don't think there's anything wrong with seven. I think seven is very safe. It is very similar to New Hope. I know a lot of people don't like that. It's like it's just like a New Hope, but I'm like, well. Star Wars likes to copy itself all the time. This is no different. This is yeah. just a movie. Um, I'm so we want to make one through seven canon, eight nine I think legends. So because 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 it, at least with seven, you still have John Boyega's story, and that's something I I really wish we would have had. You still have the story of Finn as a force sensitive stormtrooper. Um, Ray is still Ray question mark. Mm-hmm. Um. No, yeah, yeah I Snoke's think still, yeah, Snoke's still alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean, I think, and I think from there you can build a better sequel, For sure. build a better bridge. For sure. Any, any. So one through seven, I vote yes. Canon. Eight and nine legends. Is that what we're all in the same boat? I like that. I can say eight and nines is a legend. Okay. Yep. I'm just organizing. We can, we can write off eight and nine as if. You know, the writers got drunk one weekend. Yeah, and that works for me. I'm just getting this all organized here. So we have, in order, uh, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, um, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. And of Back. course, all the shows and all the shows and spinoffs. And, I mean, shows, uh, all the shows and like, you know, Solo and uh, Rogue One, all that stuff too, you know. Okay, so... Everything but Solo comes first, then Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, Clone Wars, are we doing Rebels? Is Rebels is in between as well? Yeah, yeah, Clone Wars, sure. Yeah, all, all that stuff is great. I think all that stuff's fine, even the new shows. Um, oh, yeah, do we? I'll even, I'll even say Mando season three is canon. <laughs> See, <laughs> the, that's uh, where I over would over eight and nine. That's where I would say I only want one and two. Okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I didn't know we were allowed to do that. But yeah, I'm okay with that. I think so. I think so. Only in terms of this, because there's a cutoff. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you can't be like, oh, uh, season five of Clone Wars, you're gone. Just because... Yeah, because there's six and seven, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say Mando seasons one and two can be yeah. canon. Because it still doesn't fuck anything up. And it's a decent story because it, it's a completed story too. It's a completed story. How do you feel about that, MJ? I'm on par with it. Okay. So one and two, and we've so far we've put episodes eight, episodes nine, and Mandalorian season three in Legends. Um, so with what's next Andor, I would keep it canon because I think it's sick. I have a suggestion on changing who the main character is instead of Andor because I just don't know why he is. I don't know why they picked him out of all the characters in Rogue One. I'm like. I feel like Galen Erso would have been cool to see a prequel. Yeah. You know, seeing something from the inside, from the eyes of an Imperial science officer. Um, 
Andor just, I don't know, like, he was a cool character, right? He was a cool character, but I'm like, I feel Andor was just as cool as Truett and Baze. It was like, they were great background characters. I don't know why Andor got his own show. It would have been tight if we saw Galen and Krennic during the show. I, dude, I know. Like, I want that so bad. Um, So instead of having Andor, what if it was Kyle Katarn? I'd be down for a Kyle Katarn show. I think Kyle instead Kat- of Andor. Yeah, I so think you just replace Andor with Kyle Katarn as the main character. Have the show titled Katarn. I thought so. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Oh, yeah, well, Kyle didn't really sound too good in my head, so I said Katarn. <laughs> we can come back to Kyle Katarn too because we're going to talk about video games and such. Yeah. But <laughs> just as far as far as Rebel or Andor goes. Black and white, cut and dry, how we got it. Would you hang it up as canon or legends? Cause I think I, it, I, I don't care either way. I feel like it doesn't it doesn't care anything or add anything to any of the other shows. It was a good show, right? But like does it add or take does it add, like I think it adds context. My, yeah, it just adds context, really. Like I, I've I've watched Rogue One post Andor. Andor's character doesn't change for me. <laughs> I think it adds context towards like the everyman, what the galaxy's like under the Empire, and even what the Empire's even like internally. That's yeah. that's what I love about it. Oh, that's not new though. They eat cereal. It's not new. No, it's not new. Um But I do think it's it's nice to get reminders because we are forty years away from the last bit of the like empire era of star wars not counting rogue one obviously but Mm -hmm. i do think it's pretty tight and i like the politics the behind the scenes stuff i like seeing how the rebellion is starting i think luthan might be one of my favorite characters he's so so cool um yeah i think that I'm an Andor fan, you know? I'll live and die by Andor. That's my show, bro. I love that show. Um, What else have we got? Ahsoka. I'm cool with Ahsoka being Legends. The issue is... The issue is... I know it's only season one. I'm trying to think, like, what are the cons of saying Ahsoka is Legends? I don't think there really is any. Um, you get to see Anakin atoned with the we Force. Can see, we can see Anakin anytime we want. He's he's a he's a super Force God ghost now. We can just yeah. I think that's cool to be in canon, all. though. I think that's cool to be in canon. I think Balin is very fucking cool. Um, but we can get those characters without the Ahsoka show. We can. Uh, Sabine is a Jedi. You care less. <laughs> Thrawn coming back. I think, get him back. I think for safe, like, to play it safe, we make it canon. But we can always revisit this after the story's culminated. That's true. Yeah. But I am I'm open to it being uh, Legends for I sure. I am too. Like I, it could go either way for me. And I like the show. I gave it eight eight five out of ten. 
That's shocking um, that you're okay with it being legend. So they give it a six. Yeah, I like because of where it's at. Because it's such a, it's like a shade of blue when we're talking about browns and oranges in terms of the the sequels like we're still very far away from where we need to get we're almost halfway there and that's what i'm saying like we're almost halfway man i'm like it's uh it's a lot closer i think than you think yeah so i think for safety it's cool to be canon for me um what else have we got the book of boba fett care less i would happily put that in legends legends yeah because because what we get okay so yeah put that in legends because literally book boba being in mando season two like what he does in season two is fine it's like boba fett's back he's got his armor he's got his ship back yep. he exists he's out there yep his show didn't do anything to him other than make him look like a goof no yeah yeah because yeah. i think you can rewrite how he survives the sarlacc pit what happens to him after the sarlacc pit or who cares who cares how he survives he survived period you know what yeah. I mean? like we don't, need, we don't need to know if he went out the sarlacc's butthole or mouth or who cares like yeah he survived so book of boba fett is legends um have we got any other shows i feel like we're missing a show or two Mandalorian. I'm gonna preemptively say Skeleton Crew should be Legends. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know when it takes place though in the timeline, but I'll throw it in. Throw it in Legends. Yeah. I, I'm pulling up Disney Plus here, because I feel like we're we're missing something. I think we hit them all. I hit all shows. Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I th Legends, please. Legends, absolutely. Holy moly, Legends. Erase Reva from the face of existence. Oh, we can't. She was in Book of Boba Fett, bro. What? <laughs> she's no, the... we already erased that too. We already yeah, she's Tuscan Warrior. Legends. You know that? Oh God. Well, she's dead. She's dead. So what maybe else we should we maybe have? we should keep maybe we should keep Book of Boba Cannon then. Um. I don't really want to even talk about resistance but no that's just that just goes with the sequel trilogy that's yeah. that's uh, not canon no so resistance will put legends the bad batch oh 100 canon okay that's what i thought 100 and that takes what about a well hold on right what about three? a what about battlefront 2 um dlc story for the Not latest one yeah that's the one where like definitely a, in the future in the future but like you show up at you show up the the story ends at the beginning of episode eight i would say i would say canon okay yeah i'd say canon i liked right. battlefront too the story um while we're there uh, talking video games um jedi survivor and jedi fallen order Legend. i would say survivor 
Survivor, non I would put Legends. Legends and Fallen Order 100% canon. Yeah. Same. How do you how do you feel, MJ? Same. Okay. Yeah, mine exactly the same. So Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Actually, I'll take get rid of Star Wars because it's in the name. And then Legends, we're going Jedi Survivor. Survivor. Because that game did nothing. I like that uh, Cal and Marin hooked up, though. That was cool. Um, what else have we got? We have... It's so crazy how deep the Bad Batch is buried in the series and specials part. It is. Tales of the Jedi, I would definitely make canon. Yep. Keep it That's canon. Okay. And Tales takes place pre-Episode 1 and also uh, pre-Clone Wars. Yeah. Or not in the middle of Clone Wars, but I'm just going to... Before Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's before and during episode one. Yep. So Tales of the Jedi. Um, How do we feel? I think that's every on-screen media. Just about. So let's talk about any books that we would like to insert. Heir to the Empire, canon. I mean, the entire Thrawn trilogy should be canon. Okay. Where does that take um, place here? Because that's probably what prior... Post episode 6. Post 6. Okay. Yeah, Empire of the Empire is post 6. And also the Ascendancy as well, probably. Well, well, oh, well hold on, hold on. Ascendancy and the Thrawn series take place in the new canon. Yeah. Heir to the Empire and the OG trilogy is the old canon, so I don't think you can have... I think it's one or the other because they do kind of, like, take place at the same time. I really like Ascendancy, though. I do, too. I, I'm actually currently reading it right now. Yeah. I'd more lean that than heir to the... Because like you the, still get heir to the empire. Like, we're still getting it. Yeah. It's still going to happen. It's just going to be just a gonna newer... It's just going to be different. Yeah. It's just not going to be Han, Luke, and Leia. It might. It might. It might. I th Yeah, I think genuinely they're going to do some Avengers-type beat. But... It's, it's a vote. Do we go OG only the trilogy? Which... I've got behind me right there or do we go ascendancy and new thrawn trilogy i'm with ascendancy new thrawn trilogy i am too especially because you get to learn that thrawn was like fighting with anakin yeah that's a super cool part of it um yeah. an ascendancy takes place during the era of the Clone Wars and episode three and uh, towards episode four in between Rebels. So I'm just going to put it like right underneath Ascendancy or right underneath the Clone Wars. But very good, very good trilogy. Um, Shadows of the Sith, which is the Luke and... 
Lando book. With I haven't read it, so I, I I don't know. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's really good. Essentially, it's just Luke trying to find and save Ray's family, but he doesn't know who it is, and he never gets to meet them. And it's uh, in the end, you learn that Ray's mom had force sensitivity, but wasn't like a Jedi or anything, but. They were both killed by Ochi of Bestoon, who we got to learn was a Jedi hunter during the Clone Wars. And after the Order 66, um, it, show, it, it does a lot of context for Lando as well. I think it's a sick book. I would make it canon. Yeah. And I want to say it's when Ben is 13. So, about 13 years after episode 6. 14 years after episode 6. Thereabouts. And you get to meet Lor Santeca. Luke's Academy. It's all cool. Um, but, we also have Master and Apprentice with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Which is a nice little book. It does a job. It does a job. But. It's kind of just like a. A whole like good cop bad cop. Book for the most part. But there is a lot to do with the Jedi Council. Um, who. Offered a seat to Qui-Gon. But he turned down so that he could remain Obi-Wan's master. Because he believed in Obi-Wan. And believed that teaching him was for a purpose. I think it's a good one. I think it's a okay. good one. Anything else that you guys want to add to canon? I think that's good for now. Um, I think there's a couple games and other comics we could probably go into like i know we didn't really talk about the, the vader series or like the afro series or more the mountain but yeah like, this uh, is more so just that. getting yeah. a, a nice skeleton we can fill in the guts and stuff next time but that's a good little canon because we've taken out a few things so jedi survivor obi-wan kenobi book of boba fett mando season three resistance and then episodes eight and nine are legends here on the archives podcast that sound good Perfect. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us guys here on the Archives Podcast, episode 17. We appreciate each and every one of you for coming through. And for MJ, Van Seal, and myself, it's been the Archives Podcast. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>